You're listening to Ithaca Now, WICB's weekly news program focused on stories in the Ithaca community. I'm your host, Joshua Pantano, and thanks for joining us. On tonight's show, we're going to hear from WICB News Director George Christopher as they preview the 2023 local elections in Tompkins County. WICB News Correspondent Sarah Payne breaks down the City of Ithaca's new City Manager position, and we're going to hear an excerpt from Haya, or How Are You Actually, with Caitlin Smith. But first, we have Sarah Payne and Anushri Sukumaran with Community Beat and Liam McDermott with this week's Politics Beat. Many local communities came up unlucky for the competitive New York State Economic Grants, where the big winner this year was Johnson City. This is Ithaca's sixth attempt in six years of this competition, and for Ithaca this time, it has once again been given $10 million for grants for any improvement needed downtown. So far, Tompkins County will be using $250,000 for capital projects at Cornell University and $600,000 for numerous improvements for the Tognuck Falls State Park. Earlier this week, the Tompkins County Health and Human Services held a meeting to take note of the living conditions of unhoused individuals in the county and the cleanup efforts that are occurring at the jungle. Some people discussed their difficulty in serving the amount of people who need help. Tompkins County Director of Social Services, Kit Kephart, mentioned how post COVID, there is a deficiency of beds at St. John's Community Shelter, which has affected the ways that they can care for people and their needs. Some discussed the increase of homelessness and poverty in the area, with there currently being 240 unhoused individuals reported in the county, as confirmed by Kephart. And the issues, especially stemming from the pandemic, that were impacting these amounts, such as the uptick in rental rates and the loss of services. Tompkins County Legislator Dan Klein noted, referencing the cleanup efforts, that 47 tons of waste were at the Solid Waste Center and it costed $4,533, for which the city is requesting reimbursement from Tompkins County. From the Department of Public Works, Mike Thorne talked about the cleanup efforts in the West End that occurred a few weeks ago and mentioned that much of the trash were needles and scraps of metal. Ithaca Chief of Staff Deb Mullenhoff noted that Ithaca is approaching the formation of a written policy that focuses on plans for maintaining and increasing cleanliness at long term at unsanctioned encampment areas. Resolutions that were proposed were passed unanimously, including two that focused on budget shifts at different departments. In a heated up courtroom trial on February 23, 2023, William L. Marshall confessed to his murder of Alan Godfrey from 2021. Marshall will be facing up to 25 years in prison and then five years of supervised release after. As stated by Marshall, he believed that Godfrey had been extorting his younger brother for years. On the day of the murder, Marshall's younger brother called him in agitation saying that Godfrey was outside his apartment yelling and throwing stones. When Marshall drove back to help his brother, to quote Marshall, I heard my brother cry for help and I snapped and lost self-control. Later, Marshall stated, I wish I hadn't taken Mr. Godfrey's life and apologized to Godfrey's family. On March 11th, the annual adult spelling bee has been scheduled. The spelling bee is connected with the Ithaca Public Education Initiatives fundraisers. Teams of four or single individuals can apply for a spot in the bee now. People who sign up solo will be put on teams eventually. The bee will be held at Liquid State Brewing at 620 West Green Street, and the event lasts for two hours, starting at 6 p.m. and concluding at 8. One can apply or sponsor a team on Facebook or from www.ipei.org spelling dash b. This coming summer season, 
Hangar Theater is announcing three new shows. These include Heidi Schreck's new What the Constitution Means to Me, Billy Elliot, the musical, and the Impossible Dream of Broadway Pops concert. The artistic director, Shirley Sorotsky, is working with the Hangar Theater's creative team to make these shows passionate and resilient. All of these shows will feature many artists and songs from about 53 iconic musicals from the last 49 years. If you're in town and want to experience unique productions, this summer is your chance. Although the big red wave that Republicans expected during the 2022 midterm elections did not happen, U.S. House of Representative elections here in New York played a huge role in why Democrats were not able to retain the House. This has led to the Democratic House Majority Pact to announce that they are spending $45 million on New York congressional races. Included in the targeted districts is District 19, which is the district that serves Tompkins County. This comes after Republican Mark Molinaro defeated Democrat Josh Riley in the U.S. House election. And Molinaro's campaign stated that Molinaro is focused on serving District 19 right now and that they will focus on the 2024 election at a later time. The Ithaca Planning and Economic Development Committee and the Common Council have been debating on what to do with the old Ithaca gun factory site. Councilwoman Phoebe Brown has said that she does not want to preserve the smokestack as because of its association with guns. However, historic preservation planner Brian McCracken has said that he feels that it is an important piece of Ithaca's history. As of right now, the site is supposed to be turned into an apartment building as well as an overlook for Ithaca Falls. A final plan is hoped to be developed within the next two months. If a vacancy was to happen on the Common Council right now, it would be solved through an appointment process. However, Alderperson Rob, Rob Cantalmo is looking to change that. Cantalmo wants to use this pro the process of a special election from now on to fill vacancies on the Common Council. He says that he proposes that the process would allow a candidate 12 days to get enough signatures to get onto ballots as an independent and also allow both political parties to nominate a candidate for the seat. This comes as Alderperson Jeffrey Barkin plans to leave the Common Council in June with just six months left on his term, leaving very little time for a special election and very little time to finish out the term. The issue has been put onto the agenda for the March Common Council meeting for further discussion. For Politics Beat, I'm Liam McDermott. You're listening to IFCA Now. I'm your host, Joshua Pantano. Local elections in Tompkins County are robust this year with the entire Common Council up for re-election, along with offices throughout the county's towns and villages. WICB News Director George Christopher brings us more. Off-year elections are often the red-headed stepchild of the electoral calendar. Often ignored for the more tantalizing and glamorous presidential elections or even the overachieving midterm elections, off-years truly are the middle child. But off-year elections can be extremely important in local government, and 2023 is shaping up to be a hugely impactful election in Tompkins County. Starting in the city of Ithaca, essentially the city's entire elected government will be up in 2023, with all 10 seats on the Common Council up for re-election as well as the mayor's office. Usually, Common Council elections are staggered so that five seats, one in each ward, are up every other year. However, city law requires that following redistricting, the entire council be reselected, including members just elected two years ago. To keep the staggered process going forward, each ward will elect one member to sit for a four-year term and to be re-elected in 2027, and another member for a two-year term to expire in 2025. This means potential candidates will have to decide not only whether to run, but in which seat. 
The first ward is already looking like the ward to watch, with a contested primary for the ward's four-year seat. Incumbent Democrat Cynthia Brock is facing a primary challenge from Kayla Matos, the deputy director of the Southside Community Center. Matos has the backing of the New York Working Families Party. Brock's seat has been a target of the city's left. In 2021, the Solidarity Slate, which successfully elected 4th Ward Alderpersons Jorge DiFendini and Tiffany Kumar and 2nd Ward Alderperson Phoebe Brown, also attempted to primary Brock. However, their candidate, Shania Foster, dropped out before the primary due to personal reasons. Brock is currently the council's longest-serving member and has been critical of the city's reimagining public safety process. As for the 1st Ward's two-year seat, the race is looking less contentious. This week, the Ithaca Voice reported that incumbent George McGonigal would not seek re-election, leaving the door open for current 2nd Ward Alderperson Phoebe Brown to pursue the seat. Brown was elected from the 2nd Ward in 2021, but her home was drawn into the 1st Ward during redistricting, the only incumbent to be displaced. Brown is now running in the 1st Ward and doesn't currently face any primary opposition. Brown's move to the 1st Ward will leave a seat open in the 2nd Ward. The 2nd's other incumbent, Duxon Nguyen, has also announced his own campaign for the four-year seat, telling the Ithaca Voice it would be his final term on the council. The 3rd Ward may have to choose its next representative a little bit earlier than the vest. One of the Ward's incumbents, Jeffrey Barkin, has announced he will be resigning from the council in June. Previously, a vacancy would be filled by a vacancy committee for the remainder of the year. However, the council is currently considering legislation which may use special elections instead. This may require 5th Ward residents to head to the polls a few weeks early to select Barkin's successor. The plans for the 3rd Ward's other alderperson, Rob Gearhart, are yet unclear. 4th Ward incumbents Jorge DiFendini and Tiffany Kumar, both Cornell students and Solidarity Slate members, have announced their own re-election bids, but it isn't clear which member will seek the four-year term and which the two-year term. Kumar was just elected this past November. Incumbent Stephen Smith stepped away from the council with Cornell student Patrick Mailer being appointed to fill the vacancy by the committee. Kumar defeated Mailer in the subsequent Democratic primary for the November special election to fill the final year of the term. If Kumar pursues the two-year seat, they may be asked to run three elections in just four years. The 5th Ward will have at least one open seat. Incumbent 5th Ward Alderperson Robert Cantelmo is running for mayor, leaving behind his 5th Ward seat. His colleague, Chris Haynes Sharp, told WICB News earlier this month that she did plan to run for re-election, but stopped short of making a full announcement. Cantelmo is so far the only high-profile candidate for mayor. Incumbent Laura Lewis announced shortly after winning last November's special mayoral election that she would not run for another term. Last November's progressive candidate Katie Sims and Republican candidate Zachary Wynn have both teased potential runs but haven't made any announcements. While Wynn's chances are slim to none in the overwhelmingly Democratic city, Sims may not have as much progressive support for a potential campaign as she did last year. The Working Families Party, which backed Sims and other Solidarity Slate candidates, has thrown its support behind Cantelmo. This means that unless Cantelmo loses the Democratic primary to a yet unseen challenger, Sims and any other progressive challenger may lack a lane to the mayor's office. It should be noted that even with WFP support, Sims' 2022 campaign was fairly underwhelming, garnering just 24% of the vote. In late March, elections will be held in various villages across the county, including the villages of Trumansburg, Groton, Dryden, and Cayuga Heights. However, only the village of Dryden will see a contested election. Incumbent village mayor Michael Murphy, a Democrat, is running for their fourth term in office. Murphy, who is also running on the Protecting Dryden party line, will be challenged by Republican Thomas Corey. For the village board of trustees, incumbent Democrat Jason Dickinson is running along with newcomer Thomas Sinclair.
Republicans, meanwhile, will be putting up Timothy Arnold and Frederick Stock. In addition to the mayor's office, Democrats control all four seats on the village's board of trustees. In the remaining villages, Republicans will be unopposed in Groton, Democrats unopposed in Trumansburg, and the New Heights Party unopposed in Cayuga Heights. The village of Lansing will hold its elections in late April. As for the county's towns, the towns of Groton, Ithaca, Caroline, Danby, Dryden, Enfield, Lansing, Newfield, and Ulysses will all host elections for town council, with several electing town clerks, justices, and highway superintendents. More information about all these elections, crucial dates, and voter information is available on the County Board of Elections website at TompkinsCountyNY.gov BOE. For Ithaca Now, I'm George Christopher. In November, the city of Ithaca approved a referendum creating a city manager position and changing the role of the mayor. The city manager will take over a variety of powers from the mayor, with the mayor taking a more active role on the Common Council. WICB News correspondent Sarah Payne tells us more. In November of 2021, the Ithaca Common Council passed a proposal that would introduce a new position in the city government, the city manager. The general populace of Ithaca also approved this addition. This current year will be spent selecting a person to fill this role, and this selection is of the utmost importance, as it is noted that Mayor Laura Lewis has stated that this search is one of her priorities, alongside investing in affordable housing, infrastructure, and more. The person who receives this job would be signed up for a four to five year contract. Lewis and the Common Council are the parties involved in the selection of a person for this position, which some residents voiced wariness about that fact. Lewis discussed these concerns by noting that, quote, the city manager is publicly accountable because they report to the Common Council and the Common Council is elected. If the public views the city manager as not being effective in their role, residents would contact the Common Council because that would be the overseeing body, end quote. The plan would be to keep the city manager in check by way of monthly meetings. With the city manager search still in order, the city must find someone to fill the expectations that come with the position. Grand Canyon University described the role as being, quote, charged with overseeing the daily affairs of the municipality, end quote. Some responsibilities that these managers often have include managing city development work, making sure that utilities for the city are functioning, dealing with city budget by maintaining it, the implementation of new policies that the council decided on, public relations, and more. The main goals of Ithaca's city manager to be are to deal with the budget and to manage administrative responsibilities, and they would need to have prior experience to do this job. One of the hopes that people who support the selection of someone in this role have is to increase the efficiency of the city government by selecting someone to be put in this position. Although the search for a city manager is new in Ithaca, many cities in the United States already have one. Staunton, Virginia, Sumter, South Carolina, and Dayton, Ohio all had city managers first appointed in the early 20th century. Often, it's smaller cities that utilize city managers, but larger cities do use them too. In the South, Dallas has one with T.C. Brodnax currently serving in that role, and Arthur Noriega acts as city manager in Miami, Florida. In Virginia Beach, Patrick Duhaney fills the city manager position. Closer to the West Coast, in Las Vegas, Jorge Cervantes has been the city manager since November of 2020. These are only a few examples of the many cities that utilize city managers. 
There's a desire for there to be a city manager selected by the end of this year in Ithaca. For Ithaca Now, I'm Sarah Payne. Hiya, or How Are You Actually, is a podcast series hosted by Caitlin Smith that focuses on college kids asking for help and the struggles and stigmas that come with asking for help. In this preview of episode six, Caitlin talks about seasonal depression and how it affects college students in Ithaca. I mean, I just think it's rough to like wake up in the morning and open your blinds and it's just like dark. The weather is sad and gray and cold. That's how I would describe it. Welcome back to the How Are You Actually podcast, the podcast that aims to have honest conversations about college students' mental health. I'm your host, Caitlin Smith. Episode six. Today, we can tell that this time of the year, it's a little dull. It's a little cold, dreary. There's not a lot of sun, which leads me to today's topic, which of course is seasonal depression and the winter blues. Being in Ithaca, it has a reputation of being just absolutely brutal winters. And I'm going through my first winter here currently, and both myself and people around me have really seen a decrease in their mental health recently just because of the weather. And I thought the idea of seasonal depression and seasonal affective disorder would be really nice to talk about today and really relevant to talk about. So what do I mean when I say seasonal depression, seasonal winter blues, things like that? So in general, the idea of seasonal depression is that during one of the seasons of the year, most commonly winter, but also sometimes the summer, your mood has a drastic change due to the season changing and the weather changing. A lot of the times this is called seasonal depression or the winter blues, but there is actually a medical title to it, which is seasonal affective disorder or SAD. That's the actual diagnosable disorder. SAD as a disorder tends to start during early adulthood around the ages of 20, which is exactly the age of college students. It can occur in people younger than 20, but that's just what has been studied. And the study that I'm looking at is from John Hopkins. And there isn't a lot of research into the causes yet on why that this occurs, but one of the reasons is because of melatonin. Melatonin, if you don't know, is a sleep-related hormone, and it's been very much linked to causing SAD. Since it is darker outside more of the time, your body naturally produces more of a sleep-related drug because your body correlates darkness to sleep. So if you have more melatonin in your system, you're in general, in general, you're more tired, and that could lead to some of the symptoms of SAD occurring. The less frequent or intense version of SAD is called the winter blues, which is something that we hear very often this time of year. And that isn't necessarily like as persistent as the symptoms of SAD, but it does include very much along the same lines as trouble getting out of bed, doing things, just more like more depressive feelings during a specific season, most commonly the winter time. In general, symptoms of SAD or the winter blues are more generally reported in females than males, and it is definitely something that we are seeing currently 
with college students struggling, especially in the northern regions where there's not a lot of light, it's cold, it's snowy, and you don't see the sun for a long time. And the idea of the winter blues affecting more people the more north you get has actually been studied by the National Institute of Health, um, where they found that only about 1% of the population of Florida is likely to suffer from SAD, but the northernmost parts of the U.S., especially Alaska, about 10% of people might be affected. And that's just SAD. That does not include people with slightly more mild symptoms that come with the winter blues. And speaking just about Ithaca and Toppins County in general, there's no denying that the lack of sunlight is prevalent. I'm looking at a study from um, Weathered U.S., which tracks daylight versus sunlight average hours, so like sunshine, the amount of sun you see. And on average in January, for the 9.5 hours of daylight we get, we only get 2.7 hours of sunlight. And for February, for the average 10.6 hours we get, we only get 2.5 hours of daylight. So it's an issue. I mean, almost one-fifth of our days are without sunlight is basically what that is saying. And it's really, really tough not having that exposure to something as simple as sun and as simple as vitamin D to keep going, to keep chugging along at the same rate that we are right now. So I'm going to hone in a little bit more on the Ithaca area in general. Thankfully, we also have Cornell University in the same town as us. So they actually have a lot of studies about seasonal depression and how that's affected Cornell students and college students. And in their study that I have pulled up, they say nearly 25% of all college students across the United States do suffer from some form of the winter blues. And again, it exponentially gets more reported the more north you get. And the symptoms that Cornell lists seem to be very standard um, with people talking about seasonal depression, which is an increased feeling of lethargy, difficulty waking up in the morning, difficulty concentrating, blaming oneself for things that go wrong, difficulty performing tasks normally, and increased craving of carbohydrate-rich food like chocolate, soda, things like that. So it's nice to know that another school in my area has this study and these resources for students because it makes me at Ithaca College feel a little bit better about what I might be feeling. So I'm going to get a little bit personal for a second and talk about my own experiences with this being my first winter in a climate like Ithaca and how I've been feeling. So I grew up in central Massachusetts so the temperature is pretty much the same there as it is here. It's actually a little further north, I think, latitude. So the temperature, not really a big deal for me, but definitely a big change has been the lack of sunlight. I think I've gone like as much as like a week and a half without seeing the sun here. It's actually crazy. <laughs> and almost every day it's either raining or snowing. So it's definitely a change from what I was used to, which was obviously we got a fair share of snow, a fair share of sleet and rain, but we saw the sun at least once a week. So it was definitely a big change going from seeing the sun pretty often to not seeing the sun pretty often. And when I was first going for treatment for some mental health struggles I was going through, 
the idea of seasonal depression and the idea of the winter blues was something that kept getting brought back up to me. And it has been something I've been aware of since high school that my mood will decline a lot because of the the weather change and the lack of sunlight. And because of that, I have been aware of it moving into college and I have developed skills that work for me. But as a college student, if you weren't aware of that and you're just dealing with it now or you're coming from a different environment that's maybe warmer, maybe has more sun, it definitely can be a drastic shift. And it being such a stressful time for college students coming back into that rough climate, some negative effects might come. And with semester two starting kind of at the peak of winter in late January, it was definitely tough for me to come back and transition the same way that I did maybe in the fall. Going back to school where it's just dark all the time and having to get yourself motivated to go to all of these new classes to get yourself back in a routine, it was really tough. I would find myself being very tired, more tired than I was the semester before, and not really wanting to do things that I had to do, like classwork, homework, things like that. And yeah, it was very tough to come back and transition. And people told me that it would be tough, but I was like, ah, I I did it last semester. It'll be fine. It was definitely a lot different. It's harder to go outside. It's harder to do things. I just want to stay in my bed. So All of that stuff has led to some negative mental health effects, I would say. So for today's episode, I wanted to interview a couple other Ithaca College students about their experiences with the dreary weather and with seasonal depression. So I had the opportunity to interview Claire Delaney, who is a first year cinema and photo major. She also happens to be my roommate as well as Eve McDougall, who is a first-year TVDM major, that stands for Television and Digital Media major. I first spoke with Claire about her experience with the Ithaca winters. This isn't something that's new for me, though. Um, I think every winter I find myself feeling like that, but a lot of the times I don't, like, take a moment to realize that it is from the weather and from winter. Um, I think the weather here doesn't make it it's not any better for it though the weather is sad and gray and cold that's how I would describe it it's like so rare to see the sun even when it's not winter which I don't I guess it's like from the lake but it definitely makes an effect and Eve had some similar feelings to Claire it's definitely a little rough um I know everyone says that there's no sun in Ithaca in the winter and they're not lying um where I'm from western Massachusetts it it gets definitely like as cold as it is here but like the sun is usually out here it's crazy how gray the sky is all the time I definitely would say like I'm at my most stressed during the winter time um I kind of like tend to pile on a lot of things to like keep me busy um in like an attempt to help the seasonal depression Um, which I'm definitely feeling right now a little bit stressed. But, um, yeah, I just think, like, the summertime, the warmth, the, like, freedom to do what you want is a really, like, stark contrast to however I feel in the winter, whether I'm home or here. I mean, I just think it's rough to, like, wake up in the morning and open your blinds and it's just, like, dark. 
Um, it's I think it kind of just like if you wake up and like that already dampens your mood throughout the day, like bad things that happen are going to feel worse. Good things that happen are kind of going to be like muffled by that predetermined like gloomy mood so it's a little hard to break through sometimes i've said this to a lot of people but the first two weeks after coming back from winter break were like the toughest by far since coming to college i think like i was missing my family more than ever because this was like it was like i spent so much time with them and then i was just like back here um i think like mentally i was still stuck in the like month and a half like relax kind of place and then like coming back here it was like right back into work right back into extracurriculars like it was a lot definitely and I kind of like lost a lot of motivation for things um which I think I'm getting more used to it but it doesn't really help that like we have another break in two weeks because I'm a little scared that it will like reset again but yeah just like becoming motivated again is hard and then the add-on of, like, being back in a place not with my parents that's gloomier than, like, my hometown, it was definitely a rough transition. <laughs> Along with that, I also think I've mentioned this before, but being a media-related major, I spend a lot of time inside in a concrete, soundproof building. And the time that I could be in the sun is spent not in the sun. So I go days where... I would wake up at like nine in the morning, there's sunlight outside. I instantly go inside to work on something and then I don't leave until 6, 7 p.m. and it's dark out. So it is really, really tough um, just not having that constant, you know, stream of light. You don't realize how much it does until you realize how much it does. And by both Claire and Eve being communication students, they also had very similar experiences to me. Last weekend, I had a shoot and I was in the costume department and we were literally in like a four by four little room in the basement of Park um, for a whole day. And the today is like the first time I'm seeing sun since then. And it's crazy how much it like changes my whole mood. Yeah, it's a little rough especially right now because um like what even in like field production and like intro to video and stuff like we can't really go outside to film like it kind of has to be in these like same spaces we're in all day and even like today from like 9 30 to literally just now when I walked from Texter to park I realized like oh my god I've been inside since 9 30 like I've been in that little like hallway thing that goes from cc to texter and friends like all day and that's insane and when we do see a lot of sunlight or it does get warm our moods drastically shift that's all for tonight's edition of ithka now you can listen to all of our stories on wicb.org and if you'd like to listen to past shows follow wicb on soundcloud and subscribe to ithka now to hear this show anywhere anytime also, subscribe to The Latest to hear our daily newscast every weekday. Just search WICB News Presents on your favorite podcast app. For more updates throughout the week, follow WICB News on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. This show wouldn't happen without the support and assistance from Manager of Television and Radio Operations, Jeremy Menard, WICB Station Manager, Connor Hibbard, and Programming Director, Harrison Kona. Thank you. Ithaca Now is produced by news director George Christopher, with assistance from news production director Liam McDermott, our web coordinator Inbayini Anburasin, and social media coordinator Chess Cabrera. 
All of the music from our show's intro and outro comes from Dr. Dundiff of Luaville, Kentucky. Have any feedback? Story ideas? Just want to say hi? Feel free to reach out by emailing news at wicb.org. We will be back with a full episode of Ithka Now at 7 p.m. next Sunday.